the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Year of the Lord's Favor. That's the year of the Lord's Favor, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with the conclusion to the year of the Lord's favor. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Now the word swallow there is this word deror, and it means freedom. Now why would the word for freedom be the word for swallow? A swallow is a bird. Dear heart, Christ came to set you free like a swallow. Christ has come to make you free so you can fly in life. Christ has come to give you something you cannot have on your own. His freedom is the kind of freedom that makes you free as a bird. When Christ's freedom is experienced, you are no longer a jailbird. You are free to fly home to God. You have a lift in life, a mobility in life that is based on the verdict of God's calling in the gospel. It is the jubilee kind of freedom that allows you to go home. In the gospel, God does not manipulate his children to make them free. That's why God cannot use force to motivate us to be free. You know, when people try to manipulate others in doing right by telling them, well, if you don't do this, you're a sinner or putting them down. That person does not understand the gospel. Christ never motivated people this way. Why? Because unless our service is given to God with a heart of love, it means nothing to God. God desires the free action of the will. And the only way to motivate the will is to motivate it with love and truth. And without this, God has no other means to change the heart. The good news of the gospel is the truth. And the truth is the only weapon that God has against Satan and his lies and his kingdom. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Christ came to set you free from guilt, sin, poor self-esteem, condemnation, and failure. He came to set you free from the lies about God that paint God into a corner so that God cannot forgive you in the judgment day. Christ came to set you free of that which has been a generational problem in your family system so that you can start over without the baggage of where you've come from. Christ has come to set you free for freedom. Christ has set us free. In Luke 4, 18, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit sent me for the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, there's a deep psychological truth in this verse that we must not pass over so quickly. It is a fact that blindness and captivity are really the same thing. How many of you remember those hostages that were taken in Iran years ago under Jimmy Carter? They had the blind folds over them. And the blindness went right along with the captivity. Freedom, I believe, is an idea. And if you are blind to freedom, you are a captive to the blindness that prevents you from being free. Now I have a question for you. Here it is. What is the difference 
between someone who is poor and someone who is rich? Have you ever asked yourself this question? Very often, if you take the riches away from the rich man, he will in time become rich again. Is that not true? And why? Why does he have the ability to become rich again when people try all their lives to get rich and they don't get there? It's because wealth is an idea inside the rich man's head. It is part of his thinking. It's part of how he is. And so he cannot help but become rich. The same is true of freedom. For a person to be free, they must be free inside their own head. Christ came to open the eye of the mind and the heart to see God as He really is. Christ came to give us the good news of the truth of the gospel that comes from God, that is about God, but it is true in Christ because Christ is the gospel. And Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. He said in John 14, 6, I am the truth. The gospel is not a laundry list of do's and don'ts. Now, I'm not against ethical living. You know, I've preached this kind of thing, and I had some preachers come up to me, and they said, Pastor Mike, you don't believe in obedience. I believe in obedience. You've been listening to my sermons here, haven't you? I believe in obedience. But I believe if you obey for the wrong reasons, it means nothing to God. So the gospel is not a laundry list of do's and don'ts. It's not a new law that replaces an older law. The gospel is the good news that is true in Jesus. Jesus is good news. And the kingdom is worth everything because Christ is the pearl of great price. He is the currency of the kingdom that buys you access to God. You can't do that on your own. That's why the Pharisees couldn't handle Jesus' kind of truth, his kind of ethics. He here was an obedient man who obeyed for the right reasons, who wasn't hung up on all these crazy notions of religiosity, but had a high ethical moral life, high ethical moral life, conservative in his own lifestyle, liberal with others. Not liberal in his own lifestyle and conservative with others. You ever seen people like that? He was conservative in his own lifestyle, but liberal in love. He looked over the faults of others. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I don't want to have some one foot in the world, here and there and so on. I want to be conservative in my lifestyle, right with God, but liberal in love. Non-condemnatory toward others who are struggling. That's the way Christ lived. And so when he met the woman caught in adultery, he said, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. Now, if he could say that to her, can he not say it to you? Sure he can. That's why it's good news. So the Pharisees couldn't handle it. In fact, the Sadducees couldn't handle Christ either. They were the liberals. So you had the conservatives and the liberals, and they both crucified him on the cross. I don't want to be either. I want to be right with God. John 8, 35 and 36, Jesus said this, The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. You see, it's possible to serve God in the church. It's possible to be active in ministry. It's possible to save the world and be rotten on the inside. It's possible to be more lost than the lost you're trying to save. And the man or woman who serves God because he is a master instead of a father, that person is a slave. And there is no future, no inheritance for that person. You and I, we were not born free. Is that not true? You ever hear the song, born free, as free as, you ever hear that song? Well, you were not born free. You were born lost. That's a fact. God is not our father by right. The Bible describes us as children of wrath and darkness before Christ came to this world. Ephesians 2, 3, so we were by nature 
children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So what did God do? Verse 8. Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God in the context in Christ Jesus. Not because of works lest any man should boast. So the basis of your acceptance before God, dear heart, is the grace of God that was poured into the life of Christ that took the place of your faulty life and that took your condemnation at the cross. Now the next verse will say that God did this so that we might have good works which He had prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Those works were completed in the life and the victory of Jesus Christ. So the person who has victory in his life is not victorious himself. You know, I don't have a chance to read this statement to you, but take a note. Have you, take notes on the church here. All right, pull the pencils out. Steps to Christ, page 70 and 71. Would you write that down? Fabulous little section there. She makes it very clear that when we dwell upon our own faults and weaknesses, it is one of Satan's devices to drag us away from Christ. And so instead of dwelling on your own improvement, Focus on the one who can change you. Make Christ the focus. It takes the Son to make you free. If you belong to the Son, you belong to the Father and you're free. You have the special privileges of the Son. You are treated like the Son by the Father. You can grow up with tender care. You can receive His character as it is infused by a caring parent in your life and development. The full acceptance of the family relationship is yours. And you don't have to second guess your status in the family anymore. And if you're a son or a daughter of the King... You're free and you're an heir of the king. For freedom, Christ has set us free. God gave us Jesus so we can know that we are forgiven, we are free, and that we are children of God by grace. You know, sin is the stuff that makes us slaves on the inside, is it not? Now, there should have been six amens to that, isn't it? The problem with sin is this. Once you've sinned, the law says you have to die for that one sin. It doesn't allow an escape clause for any mistake in life. So trying harder doesn't fix it. Jesus has set us free from the condemnation of the law because Jesus suffered its full penalty in our place. God didn't destroy the law to set you free. He didn't set aside His moral standard so you could get off the hook. He did not do that. If He had, it would be cheap grace. There's no cheap grace at the cross. There's no cheap grace there. It's a costly grace. It's expensive mercy. God allowed himself to be destroyed to set you free. Do you realize that in Jesus there is nothing left to condemn in you anymore? In Christ, there is no more condemnation for you if you are in Christ. All of your sin and all of your guilt was condemned in Jesus on that cross. God's verdict on the resurrection morning is not guilty the moral law of God is the law of sin and death that condemned our sins in Jesus at the cross. But the same moral law, the same Ten Commandment law on resurrection morning is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The same law that found us guilty in Him on Friday said not guilty on Sunday morning. We were guilty on Friday when Christ hung on that cross as us and for us. And it was the law of sin and death that put him there. But the same law found him not guilty on Sunday morning. And it is against God's moral law to leave a righteous man in the grave. The law of God required the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now 
no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now the King James Version adds a verse that's not in the oldest Greek manuscripts. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now while that may be true, because it is found in Romans 8, another section, in the oldest Greek, it's not there. Why? Because Paul doesn't want to qualify that sentence. He wants it to stand strong and firm. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. God doesn't need to qualify a statement like that. If you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. If you are not in Christ, you are condemned already, and there is no hope for you. God has placed in that one verse the truth that is the bottom line of the judgment day. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It doesn't say God did away with His law. It just says that one law was a higher law than the other. It was the law of life was greater than the law of death. And then in Christ, the law of life won on resurrection morning. Christ's death was not His death. It was your death. Christ's life was not your life in the resurrection. It was His life. And if you are in Christ by faith, you have the life of Christ because you have Christ, period. That means Jesus is the good news. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Not free from the Ten Commandments as a living reality, but free from the condemnation of the law that you rightly deserve. Free from guilt. Free from inner self-condemnation. And free to come home to God and be at home with God. Free as a bird to leave the jail cell of fear far behind. Free to obey without the fear of failure. Free to love God as a son instead of serving Him as a slave. Free to know the truth that makes blind eyes see and captive souls free. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Christ didn't come to make you more religious. Christ came to make you free. If the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. For freedom, Christ has set us free. And freedom comes when you confess your sins as a sinner and you appeal to God for the righteousness of Jesus Christ that is only in Jesus. And you do this and you claim Him as your Savior by faith. Then happens on your knees what must happen on your knees because it doesn't happen on your feet. When you confess and you believe that Jesus is your Savior and you call on Him, you are free. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel promise in Isaiah 61 is the promise that God's people will inherit the land. In the Jubilee, God's people were set free to go home to the land. Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. An unknown author once wrote this, No one is free when others are oppressed. Oppression is the kind of captivity that stings because it's unjust. Christ came to defeat the oppressor and set the captives free. To keep the universe free, He had to free us. And so He came to free the world. The good news is more than information about our salvation. There is a cosmic importance to this jubilee call of Christ. The gospel is the power to defeat evil universally and cosmically, but also in your life and in your family's life. And to set wrongs right. 
Christ came with that power to save us. Christ ends his words by saying that he came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The word acceptance is a word we have a hard time with sometimes. It's hard to believe that God will accept us with all that stuff in our past. Do you ever think about that? How does God accept me? I know what I did here, there, and then. And yet it is the acceptable year of the Lord. It is the year of the Lord's favor, the Lord's acceptance for you. to Set the captives free. Because of the gospel, it's time to receive Jesus and be free. It's time to rejoice in God's good salvation. It's time to come home to God and take possession of the good land that is His land. Luke 4.20 And He closed the book and He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on Him. And He began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You don't have to wait for God's favor in your life, dear heart. It's not tomorrow it comes to you. Today is the day that Jesus has chosen to set you free. This is the acceptable year of the Lord's favor for you. It happened last year on Christmas Eve. That was only a few days ago. The beginning of a new decade. It wasn't long ago that it happened. She came to the hospital in Colorado Springs with the hope of life. But it turned sour in her husband's mouth. It was hard labor for her. Something didn't want to let her live that day. Life was being sucked out of her as she was trying to create a new one. And Tracy Herman Storfer tried with all her life that she had in her to deliver that baby on Christmas Eve. Her husband Mike stood right there with her trying to support her, encourage her with every ounce of strength he could give her. But as he held her hand, he watched her and he felt her. He felt her life slip away and her heart stopped. It flatlined on the monitor. And then he knew that she had died. His wife had died. No blood pressure, no breath, no sign of life. His wife had left him. Before his son was born, he watched her die in that delivery room. And then the baby came. Now the consolation of death is supposed to be life. But it was more death. The baby was dead too. A lifeless baby came from a lifeless mother on Christmas Eve. And after he held the limp and lifeless body of his boy in his arms, the miracle happened at once. What was not sensible... What was impossible happened. Double death was dealt him that day. A double dose of God's wrath, it seemed. It was hard to receive. It was Christmas Eve. And the hand of God was heavy on his heart. And then it happened. No one knows how it happened, but it did happen. The lifeless baby came to life as the doctors worked feverishly to revive a dead baby. And then Mike learned that his wife had miraculously Revived too, just like that. It was a miracle. The Associated Press carried the story with this headline, Hand of God, seen in Christmas Eve revival of mother and baby. Mike described it this way. He said, it was the hand of God that saved my family. He said, my legs went out from underneath me. I had everything in the world taken from me. In an hour and a half, I had everything given to me. This year is a good year for Mike Tracy and their little son Colton. Last year had questionable events in it. But this year is a great year because they are alive and they are together. It is the year of the Lord's favor. A double dose of grace has erased the face of death that came on Christmas Eve. Dear heart, when you are dead, freedom is life. And when you are lost, freedom is being found. And when you are all alone, freedom is family and friends that bring you close. But more than this, it's God who is home. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Do not submit to bondage anymore. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. 
It is the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Freedom is here. I'm going to come down and stand. It's the beginning of a new year. And it is very likely that there are folk out here, brothers and sisters of mine, who need to get right with God, who need to quit playing religious games and say to God, you know, I do not have Jesus as my Savior. Now, some of you do. I'm not making this call generally. This is not a general call. But there are people here who need to come home to Christ and to surrender to Christ. And you need to be baptized soon. You know who you are. And you need to start over with God. I'm going to make that call for you as I stand here. I'm going to pray for you right now. And if you're a person who's saying, Lord, I'm struggling with that decision. No one's looking. You raise your hand to heaven and say, Lord, that's me right now. Let the Lord know who it is. Now, if you've raised your hand to heaven, you've come halfway. But the Lord calls you to take a stand for him. Because when you confess, you are set free. I'm asking you with the freedom of the gospel to come out of your seat. Just come right up here in the middle of this prayer. You take your stand here with those who are here as I pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus who died for us. I thank you for life that is in him. Lord, on that cross, every sin that I have ever committed was placed in Christ. He knew it all. But Lord, I'm not any more unique than anyone else here. That everyone here was in him at that cross and he knew it all. And Lord, there are chains that need to be broken. And Father, these chains aren't broken because we break them. Only Christ can do that. And Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit to move upon the heart that needs to come. And may they just come right now. And Father, I pray for the forgiveness of sins, which is true in Jesus. Lord, for those who have taken their stand to be baptized, their baptism means they're not condemned. It means they cannot be prosecuted in the judgment day. It means in Jesus they've been set free. It means in Jesus that there is no divine verdict that will meet them in eternity that says you can't get here. So Lord, the good news is our rendezvous with eternity. And Lord, for those who have taken their stand here, I pray that you would bless them and keep them. May they never forget the day they stood up, they walked down this aisle, and they took a stand for Christ. Now, Father, right after this, we're going to have a prayer. We're going to kneel with these dear hearts because we don't accept Christ on our feet. We accept him on our knees. So, Father, as we all kneel right here in this congregation, every single one of us, in this entire circle, and we come together, those who are at the front, we come together in a circle. Come together in that circle. Every one of us, come closer. And we're all kneeling together as a church family. I ask the church to kneel, not stand now. We're going to pray. Let's just hold hands and form a circle of prayer. Father, it's a new year, and we're not too much in a hurry for people to have eternal life. Now, Lord, for us to serve you in this place, reaching hearts must change. It's not about us. It's about Jesus, our Savior. And Lord, on our knees as a congregation, we recommit our lives to you, knowing that we have no power to break a single chain. And we thank you for the everlasting gospel, which is true in Jesus, that chains are broken, lives are set free. And Father, as we kneel here today, for those who have taken their public stand for you, either to renew their life with you or to be baptized, Father, or to come to Christ for the first time, I'm asking right now that they will be blessed. And I thank you for that blessing. I thank you that their slates have been wiped clean. But it's not just the past that's been wiped clean. It's the future too. That they have been taken from condemnation, they've passed into life. That in the judgment day, Jesus is their ticket out of here. 
Now, Father, as they grow up into you, may they not believe that anything they do can make you love them anymore. Set them free from that kind of a religion. And may they live a life of gratefulness, Lord, because Jesus has forgiven them. And may the works of their life be Jesus' works, which are wrought into eternity because of what he's done. Thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast, or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon, and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Spiritualism in a variety of forms is making its way through the Western world. The afterlife, the spirit world, and spirit mediums can be found in movies, best-selling books, and popular TV programs. These themes are making their way into our children's entertainment even. And we had this free book to help you understand things a little bit better entitled Dark Tunnels or Bright Lights. This book candidly reveals biblical truth about this subject and pulls the curtain aside to reveal why there is so much interest in this topic. The book reveals the deceptions of spiritualism based on biblical teachings so that you can confidently discern truth from error as the topic continues to gain momentum across all levels of society. Now, this book is absolutely free. You can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. Thanks for tuning in, and we pray that God is reaching your heart and growing you up in Christ through these messages. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.